0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. I want to start talking to you about uh, the title I put on this is Keep Moving Forward. And uh, I have several things in that. One is that we all know that God is always moving us forward. I mean, his, I think Karen said this earlier, his call to us is always upward, meaning closer to him and forward. He is always, and and we can look at everything he does. We can look at, we can look at creation and we can look at the idea of how there's growth. Things that he does grow, they change, they reproduce, Uh, The the universe itself is still expanding. He says, light be and it never stops expanding. He is a God of growth and progress and certainly in our own lives, that is true. Um, We have found over the years that the majority of the devil's tactics that he uses against us in one way or another, what they fundamentally do is they stop, they immobilize us. He wants to stop us from moving forward and from, you know, uh, the scripture said that there's no end to the expansion of the government of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean, again, that he wants to dominate, manipulate, break everybody's life. He wants, he is to be Lord. He is Lord. He wants people to realize that he is Lord and accept that he is Lord. We are here in the earth to. Expand the kingdom of God. We are to be influencing people around us everywhere we look. In what God did, uh, the the day that Adam and Eve uh, ate the apple—I think they really ate an apple—but the day that they believed Satan over God, the day that man fell, God announced His plan that He already had to bring redemption, and then He started working it. He is always in motion and moving in us. And so the devil comes in and a lot of what he does in the thoughts that he tries to send to us, the thing he ch- things he tries to get us involved in, he immobilizes us. He stops us. He freezes us. And certainly things like fear, you know, it immobilizes us. It, it, You know, and we talk about, um, what is it, flight or fight? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, with this, it's freeze or flight. We either stop moving forward because we're in fear and we don't know what to do, but we're in fear. We freeze in place. You know, and there are animals that do that. It's not a good thing. They freeze in place. I think they're hoping not to be seen. So, But, you know, they freeze in place. Or we start to run. We start to move before we know what we should do. And a lot of times we just react to things that are happening. We don't take the time to hear where God is leading us, what we should do, how we should approach a situation because things happen in life. There are circumstances that happen in life that we do need to address and we do need to go through or around or over or whatever, but we will freeze in place or we will just take off another direction or we'll fall back into trying to do things in our own strength a lot of times. We'll we'll be afraid and so we'll, we'll try and uh, get it done in our own strength. I think of... You know, the difference between, uh, you know, a lot of times when a deer blasts out in front of you, it's because they're afraid. And the crazy things, I mean, as a motorcycle rider, you just watch for them all the time. I don't, I pretty much do not ride at night because they look, they see you coming, and then they blast right out in front of you. I mean, you guys know, they'll do it, you know, and so you can't, I I, I see people and maybe there's some in this room, I don't know, so... If I step under your toes, oh, well, you know, there are people that that are always, oh, well, I just, you know, I hit all these deer every year. And it's like, you need to slow down because the deer aren't going to change. You know, <laughs> the only solution is to really watch and slow down so that you can, and then some, I had the only deer I ever hit. Um, I was driving my brother's van. This was way back in the 70s in the Paonia. Paon. I was driving home, Dodge van, driving, this deer started to come out and and i slowed down everything she kept coming i kept going she hit the back side of the van i mean just ran into the van you know there's no sense to it we do that sometimes when we get scared and we run out in front of things we shouldn't run out in front of you know so satan uses fear uses discouragement which also will immobilize us we just get so discouraged we can't move offense offense when we get offended it freeze frames someone else usually in life. We see ourselves going forward, but we think they are always that person. We give them no room to grow. That situation, we hang on to it and we let it affect us. And it it immobilizes us. It stops us. It ties us to the past. You know, shame uh, will tell us that we are unable. We are inadequate. God can't use us and it'll just stop us. And so, I want to talk to you just coming into this year about keep moving forward. And and I'll I'll just tell you this story right now because we won't get to this today. But just one of the places, this is just something that has been a word to Karen and I for years. In lots of different situations, the Lord has, we pray and the Lord has told us keep moving forward. Which means take whatever the next step that he shows you is. Can't see how this is going to go. I can't see how this is going to work. I don't know how we're going to get through this. But there's, but I can. We can see a step. We can see one thing that we're supposed to do. Do the next right thing. Do the next. A lot of times, the next practical thing. But keep taking steps forward. And one of the places that he spoke this to us. This is just a practicable way. I mean, that we need to do this in our spiritual life, and we're going to talk about that. But even in practical things, in things we've faced, obstacles we've faced in fulfilling what God was calling us to do. And and one of them was the first time that we went up to Saskatoon to, the, uh, to teach at the DTS up there that Justin and Shirley were running. And this was a number of years ago. Um, I don't think we were even in this building. Maybe we were. But... So, we were going to Canada, and, and they had asked us to come and minister for a week up there. We were supposed to start on Monday afternoon. And so, we needed to get our passports renewed, and we did that. But, but, and I don't remember if I called the State Department, I don't remember, but somebody official told us, Well, they've just come out with these little cards. You don't, just to go to Canada, you don't have to have anything but this little card. And so, okay, so we got the little card. It was a lot cheaper. We'd had passports when we went to Guyana and stuff. But anyway, we got the card. So we left Sunday afternoon. We went down to Montrose. Our flight was like six o'clock in the morning to head to Denver and then to Saskatoon. And so we stayed the night before we got down there. And of course, you have to get there early, you know, and all that. It was very early in the morning. We get there and uh, she says, let me see your passports. We're like, well, we're just going to Denver. She said, yeah, but you're... Your trip is to Canada, so we have to have your passport. And so we pulled out our little cards, and she says, what's this? And I said, well, this is our passport card. This is gets us into Canada, is what we were told. And It was real new, and she didn't even know what it was. But then she checked into it. She said, oh, you can't fly into Canada with this. And, you know, it takes a little while to get a passport. <laughs> it takes weeks to get a passport. What do you mean we can't fly? It? Well, they, they told us we could. this is what we do. No, if you're driving across the border, you could use this but you can't fly with this, and so we can't even let you get on the airplane to go to Denver, and da-da-da-da-da. We worked it out. that we, we prayed. We went away, prayed. We felt like God was saying, keep moving forward. So we talked to them. They said, okay, you can go to Denver, but they are not going to let you get on the airplane. I can tell you right now, they're not going to let you get on the airplane. So it's like, well, God's saying keep moving forward, but if we go to Denver, and we don't have a car... And we don't want to fly back. I mean, what are we gonna do? You know, but we kept feeling like keep moving forward. So so we went through, we said, okay, get us to Denver. So we went through, we got in a little, you know, little lobby area where everybody was sitting. And here comes uh Boyd Peterson's dad, Kurt. And he was flying, I think, to Denver and then I think he was going to Chicago, but anyway, he was flying and so we got talking to him and told us told him our story and everything. And I think it was then, we got on the plane, we went, and I think it was when we were getting off. He might have told this in Montrose, but anyway, I think it was when we were getting off. He said, let me get you to, I can't remember the name of it, but he was a member of the United Airlines Club that they have their whole, you know, little fancy area that none of us have ever seen before (laughs) where you get this nice lounge and all this stuff, you know, that they only let these people into. Us unwashed people don't ever see it. So Kurt was a member of that, And he said, let me get you up there and I'll get you with somebody that can work this out. And he did. And so here God set this up. Here's Kirk Peterson. The day that we're going is there. And and he took us up there into the Sky Lounge and uh, got us hooked up with a lady who started making calls. We couldn't make the flight we were supposed to make. And so we had to let Justin and Shirley know we're not going to be there this afternoon, but we're going to try and be there for, you know, tonight for tomorrow morning. They changed their classes and everything. And... And uh, so this lady started making calls for us and checking and doing all this. And she got us, she got her flight changed. She got us hooked up with a rental car to go down some place or other in Aurora and get passports right then. And we were able to go down there, go to the head of the line. We had our cards, so they knew the paperwork had been done and all that. And get our pictures taken, I guess, and get packed sports and printed them out and back to the airport. So, you know, we she tells us we run down, we have to take the little train back out, you know, and get in the car. And it was the first time we ever used a, a GPS, a navigation system. And it took us down into Aurora and got there, did this whole thing, went back, took the little train back in, you know, and got that flight and got to Saskatoon that night and so we only missed those afternoon classes but it was because God had somebody there and he told us just keep moving forward so we get I'll just finish the story not that it's important so we get to Saskatoon and you know it's international so they hand you the little customs card and you're supposed to fill it out and it asks are you traveling for business or pleasure and I never know even when I went to Guyana I'm like well I I guess business but anyway so I checked business because this was our business. We're not getting paid, but we're, you know, we're going to do what we do, you know, it's business. So anyway, so everybody gets off the plane and they pull us out into the little customs room and it's like, I don't know, so we're sitting there and, and this lady came, we met the only angry Canadian that <laughs> exists in this customs lady and and she kept asking us these questions. We're like, well, we're going to teach the Bible and so this is what we do. We're pastors, you know, It's business. Well, how much are you getting paid? We're not getting paid. We're just doing this, you know. So then I think she thought we were trying to cheat on the taxes or something, you know, because that's why they ask. Because if you're doing business up there, then they're going to get part of it. Anyway, I think that's what was going on because she got pretty mad at us, and uh, and then finally she said, "You're not. This is not business. This is pleasure. You should have checked pleasure." It's like. Okay, let's check pleasure. <laughs> and we did, they let us out just as sure they're sitting out there like, what did you do? You know? <laughs> and uh so anyway, the point is keep moving forward. And God has used that with us so many times in, in doing this building and getting various things, you know, getting through all that process with the county and just lots of things. This has been a word to us, and it doesn't mean there are times when keep moving forward means stay in place, stand your ground, stand on what I've said. And that's moving forward. Uh, there are other times where it means take that next step, you know, but but it's this idea of you don't go backwards and you don't give up and you don't quit. There's a way through this and God has it. And so we're coming at it with this knowledge. Okay, God's going to make a way. Go to Denver and get stuck in Denver. I really didn't like that idea. And then there's Kurt Peterson. And all of that opened up for us because of him. Otherwise, it would have been weeks before we could have gotten passports. So anyway, let's get into the word a little bit here. Uh, Go over to Joshua chapter 1. These are verses that, you know, we look at pretty often, I think. And I certainly look at personally very often. I get so much out of these verses and the Lord uses them with us so often, and um, so I want us to look at them today and go through some of this. Some of this should be, you know, it's probably very familiar to you, but it'll be real good for us to review this. Have I kicked over any candles? No? Awesome. Uh, so Joshua chapter 1, um, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, and actually what I have up there is the New King James, so uh, I'll read that. It, so it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to them, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, it's the Mediterranean Sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. So here they are. I mean, this is after they've taken this time to mourn the death of Moses. But I I just, you know, I always get stuck on this, that what, you know, Moses brought them out of captivity, took them out into that desert, led them through for 40 years. Kids grew up with no other concept other than being led by Moses and Moses knowing when to, you know, uh, worshiping God and, and, and helping them to follow the glory of God as it rested on the tabernacle and then moved to a different place. It was Moses that, in their mind, you know, Moses representing God took him where there was water. He he got the the quail to start to fall from the sky. He parted the Red Sea. I mean, their world was Moses' leadership, and now he's dead. And I just I love this. God comes and says, "Okay, Moses is dead." You know, I mean, it's it's not very. Um, doesn't seem real sensitive, you know, from our culture. Moses is dead. In other words, that whole thing has ended, but I haven't stopped. God is not stopping. God is not stopping on his promise, but what you've been used to, it's done. It's over. He's dead. Okay. And, and he says, therefore, I love that now, therefore, that means because of that, Because of the fact that he's dead, in the face of the death of Moses, arise and go over the Jordan. Take all these people with you. Arise and go over the Jordan to the land which I'm giving them. All right. And so I want to break this down a little bit. This word arise is so good. It means to rise up. There's a surprise. Or stand up in the face of the impossible. To stand up. In the face of the impossible. Believers are to rise up. We are to stand up. The New Testament tells us, having done all to stand, therefore stand your ground. Your ground. What God has called you, what God has given to you, what God has called into your life. Stand your ground. Arise. But all of this happened. There's impossible. What do we do now? Arise. Arise. Stand up. In the face of the impossible, rise up. This same word, it means to recover. God commanded them in the face of this loss to recover. That's impressive to me because God doesn't command things that he doesn't empower. He doesn't call us to things that he's not ready to do in us. He doesn't do it as a challenge to our ability to recover. He says, recover. There's, we used to know a pastor out in Utah, a couple that uh, started a church out there in a real small town in Utah. And they were just tough cookies. And uh, and she used to, <laughs> her thing, he was actually the nicer guy. Uh, but her thing, and I loved it, her thing was she'd just, she'd sometimes say to people or she'd say to us that she wanted to say to people, uh, snap out of it. Her thing was snap out of it, you know, when, when people would just get down in their stuff and she said, I just want to shake them and tell them to snap out of it. God's bigger than this, you know, and that's kind of part of this recover. It's stand up, get on your feet. I'm bigger than this in you, right? Can you receive that? Can you? Okay, are you awake? Yep. Can you laugh? Oh, I didn't say anything funny. Okay, hang on. We'll get Annie back up here. Um, it means to move and to continue moving, arise. It's a, it's a motion word. To move, recover, move, continue moving. All right, he's gonna call them across this impossible situation. This is really interesting. This word arise in places has the context of to be hostile, it's, it's an aggressive word. It's, it's not this passive, oh, we're just going to sit and wait and see what God does. We, we have this big problem. We have this big challenge. We're just going to wait and see what the, you know, you never know what the Lord's going to do. It's not that. It's to stand up and uh, in determination to stand and move forward, arise. It's used over in, um, oh, yeah, and if you are, if think about it, if you are just standing still, You're a really easy target. You're a harder target when you're moving. Okay. Um, the, The same word is used over in Isaiah 60 verse 1. And I love this from the Amplified. It says, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Sometimes we let our circumstances and certainly circumstances want to depress us to keep us down. In prostration, we're just laying down. We're just laying down. Circumstances have kept us. This verse says, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. And then it says, you know, as you, because you've risen, then shine. Be radiant with the glory of God. So again, God's always calling to purpose. He's always He's raising us up for something so that he can shine through us, shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. In other words, when God stands up in you, you need to stand up. You need to stand up. There's something in you that is bigger than that situation. And and we have the leading of the Lord to go on. He says, stand up. He says, arise back in Back in Joshua, he says, arise and go over this Jordan. This term, go over, means to go beyond or to go through any obstacle. Okay, To go beyond, so we're going someplace, we're going beyond this obstacle. Never let whatever it is that rises up to try and keep you... Let me back up to my story about going to Saskatoon. God called us to do that. We were invited, but we were invited to pray about whether we should go up there and teach this class. We felt God was saying, "Go up there and teach this class." So when we get to Montrose and there's this huge obstacle, you can't go, you know, and I mean, you can't go, you can't even get on the airplane, you know this huge obstacle arises the the keep moving forward was keep moving forward in what i have called you to do there's there's a call there's a and and it's the same thing here he's calling them into the promised land they've been spending this 40 years now he's saying now therefore now because of all this that has happened and this huge loss get up and go over go beyond go through go over any obstacle This word is used throughout the Old Testament to describe leaving something behind. It describes emigrating from one territory or way of living, leaving that behind and moving into a new place or a new life, which is exactly what's happening for them. That's exactly what's happening in us all the time. Your growth in God. I have people frequently say, you know, this is, this is, this is hard or this is challenging. And, and you know, I can't, I can't wait till I kind of reach this level where it's going to be a lot easier in God. And I keep saying, when you get to that level, God will already have been calling you to the next. And again, I love that comment I heard years ago, you know, in God, you'll, you've got to learn to be content with never being content cuz he's always drawing your heart to something bigger there's always more in him and there's more that he's doing so you just kind of have to get used to the ride and realize my growth isn't going to stop what god wants to do isn't going to stop and i'm going to be a part of it so there's always going to be a challenge there's always going to be a challenge to your faith calling you into things you feel unable to do. That's what he does because he wants to do them through you. If you're able to do them, you know, why would you need God? So it's used to describe that leaving a place behind, moving into a new life. He says, go over this Jordan, this Jordan. It's, it was at flood stage. When we read on, we find out it was impossible to cross. It was at flood stage. It was, it was not a little trickle. It was not, okay, hop over this creek you know it was go over you've got this impossible thing behind you you've just lost everything you were hoping in so now go across this impossibility you know and that's that's the place where they they stood and his instruction was go over this Jordan. It's impossible to cross in the natural, and they didn't have to cross it in the natural. God split that river for them, and it backed up. It's so interesting. It backed up all the way to a town called Adam. It's like that picture. It's a picture of us crossing over into our new life with Jesus, and 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 the effect of God bringing us into the new birth, it backs up all the way to Adam who started this whole thing. What it, It's just, that's just amazing. But anyway, so he says, go over this Jordan to the land that I am giving you. So we're not just going forward to go forward. We're not just moving to move. We're going to the next place of his choosing. And sometimes that's not as far. You want him to take you all the way down the block today. And instead, he's just going to want to take you a quarter of the way down the block and get you settled and take you another quarter of the way. We've got to get used to the idea that sometimes the steps are smaller than we want and sometimes they're bigger than we want. But we need to really let God lead in all that. Moving just for the sake of moving. Okay, listen to me. Moving just for the sake of moving is often a fear response. It It is... It is often trying to avoid pain. This is kind of our natural tendency. If there's a challenge, if there's a struggle, if there's pain, we want to avoid it. So we will pick up and move. We will leave our job and go to a different job. We will leave our church and go to a different church. We will leave our community and go to another community. We'll, we'll leave our marriage and go to another marriage or not. Okay, we will try to avoid pain. And in most of those cases, when that's just our response, you're going to miss God and you're not going to grow up because you're not going to learn to face a challenge, especially in relationships with another person, and work it through. And I realize you only have one side of that. And the Bible even makes that clear. Be at peace as far as it depends on you. But for you and I, When we have a conflict, especially in church, we don't get to just pick up and leave. Did God plant you here or not? If God didn't plant you here, you need to find where he is planting you and get planted. But then you need to be planted. And if somebody else is planted beside you and you guys' branches start scratching each other, you need to learn to deal with that. You need to learn how to work through those relational challenges. And it's the same thing in every area of your life, but I care you know, about church. So, but I mean, I see so many people that that's all they do—they move, they move, they move, they move. It's a it's a fear response, it's avoidance. They'll call it God's calling me. They often spiritualize it, God's calling me, and it's like, I don't think so. You know, you you go because that's you know it's not my place to step in and say this isn't God most of the time. Once in a while it is. Most of time it's not, but. I know in my heart, now oh, that's, that's not God. You're just moving to move. It's a, it's, a, it's a big deal. We need to be moving and we need to be moving forward, but not just to be moving. Okay? Not just to be moving. And sometimes you can't see your own growth very well, but other people around you can. Okay? Wow. We won't even get through this first verse, let alone the second passage. That's okay. Um, it's because Annie took too long. I thought that was great. Uh, So let's just finish this up and then we'll be done. Um, Oh yeah, here's a great statement. This will make you happy before you leave. If you find that you are often moving from one thing to another over and over, finding the same problem in other people in that same situation over and over and over, there's one common denominator in that scenario and it's you. So there's probably something in you that needs to change. If you keep going to a new job and for a while it's great and then all of a sudden everybody is just like the people at that last job and you're upset about it, you go to the next job, oh, it's just great, it's awesome, this is the best thing I've ever done and then pretty soon you get to know the people and it's not so great anymore. I'm sorry, but that's you, okay? At least part of that is you and God can change that. You can grow out of that and how wonderful that is to be able to grow out of that and be able to see people through God's eyes and be able to deal with these. Because it's not easy. I I can tell you, people are hard to deal with. Not you people, (laughs) other people. But, you know, we all all, uh, get to that place sometimes. So, uh, and he says, every place your foot will tread, I have given. All right, I have given. I have called it. God has called things for your life but your foot is going to have to tread on them. Did I offend you? Oh, sorry. I'm just teasing. Just teasing. I know she's pretty hard to offend. (laughs) That's great. Made her cry. Sometimes that's a good thing. Um, Every place, let's get this, because then we'll be done. Every place your foot will tread. I have called, but he's saying, your feet are going to have to walk it out all right, God calls, God establishes, God has a plan ahead of time, but your feet are going to have to work it out. There's all the provision for everything God's going to call us to do. It's all done in Christ, but we have to be doers of the word, right? We have to be doers of what he calls. And and then he establishes some boundaries for him too. He says, look, I'm taking you into this land. I'm going to give you every place your foot will tread. I mean, that's a great, that's something for us to take hold of. But then in the next part of that passage, he sets boundaries. He says, from here to there, from this river to the Great Sea. Andrew and Annie <laughs> Andrew just talked to us about that about boundaries in our lives. God has limits as well as liberties in what He's calling us to do. We're not supposed to be everything. And so we we need to find those. Boundaries, what God has set, and then flourish within them, and let other people flourish in the next area and 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 join together with people who are flourishing from the great sea to somewhere else and and let him join us together in that, but know what he's calling you into learn over a process what he's calling you into. Take those steps. When something's something's rising up in front of you, it's probably time to arise on the inside. Let God stand up on the inside of you. Start letting his glory shine out of you and get ready to take the next step. If it looks impossible, that's a place for God to show himself strong. Okay? And, And so don't just run around. Don't just freak out. But take that next step as he leads. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So we're going to keep moving forward. So the way that went, who knows, we could be on this just more than one week. It's, it's <laughs> possible. So anyway. All right. Let's stand up and pray together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my back feels better than it's felt in a week. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just love you so much. And Lord, we want to go where you're going. We want to be with you and in your presence. We want we want to stay where you're resting. We want to move when you're moving. Lord, we want to know what we're supposed to be doing, Father God, and and not just in this new year, but for our whole lives. And so, Father, we invite you just to continue to speak to us and show us what next steps we are to take. Show us where we're supposed to halt and release your life and where we're supposed to just plunge forward, Father we thank you for all of that. And Lord, we come into this year with, with hope and encouragement and strength for every day. Lord God, for as Karen started out, for every day we praise your name. Every day there's a great reason to praise you. So Lord, we just give you all of this. We present our hearts before you. We ask you to continue to speak to us and direct us and guide us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, So we're going to be dismissed and we will see you again next week. See some of you guys Tuesday night. And we'll do this on the count of three. Say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. You guys go out there and be the church. All right. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen.